Here at Top 5s, our viewers are everything. And during the Creepy Marathon month, we like to give you a chance to share your own personal paranormal experiences with us. It is also a way of reaching out to see if anyone else has experienced something similar or has an explanation as to what may have happened. So here are six creepy, unexplained encounters experienced by our viewers. Please feel free to offer respectful explanations or thoughts in the comments. Thank you to everyone who sends in their own stories. And now, hit those lights, sit back, and enjoy. Time Slip This first creepy encounter was sent in by Logan from New York. In 2010, Logan worked at a nursing home in Summers, New York, that had a reputation for being a bit creepy, although until this incident, Logan had not personally experienced anything. However, that was all about to change. Logan checked in for a Thursday overnight shift. The procedure as a nurse's aide was to check allocated patients every 15 minutes. So Logan first checked in on a lady, who was, for the sake of this story, called Miss Johnson. He entered her room, and everything was as it should be. Her usual posters and family pictures were all on the walls, and her usual medication was on the bedside table. Miss Johnson was laying on her back, sleeping, so Logan didn't disturb her. Nearing the end of his shift, Logan checked in on Miss Johnson for the last time, and was a little concerned, as she was in the exact same position as before. So he alerted a nurse, and asked her to take a look. The nurse stopped doing what she was doing, and took off her glasses. She went quiet for a couple of minutes before saying, Logan, Miss Johnson died last night. Slightly embarrassed, Logan went back to Miss Johnson's room to check, and found it cleared out and cleaned, ready for the next patient. To this day, the thought of what happened scares Logan. He was close enough to Miss Johnson to be able to touch her face, but she wasn't even there. She had been moved out of passing 24 hours earlier. Loch Lomond Catman This story has been shared by one of our long-time subscribers, who wishes to remain anonymous, so we'll call him D. D never thought they would be the sort of person who would send in a personal story, but after one of the most unnerving experiences in their life, felt compelled to contact us, to see if our viewers could shed some light on what happened. Dee had just moved to Glasgow to complete their PhD, and a friend was visiting from Canada. Because Dee was new to the area, they thought it would be fun to check out the famous Highlands of Scotland. The pair took the train from Glasgow to Balloch, hoping to then jump on a local bus that would take them to Loch Lomond. When a bus for the village of Balmanor arrived, they hopped on and headed off. On the bus, Dee began feeling extremely nauseous, but dismissed it as a bit of travel sickness, as the roads were windy. As soon as they reached Balmaha, they went to the Oak Tree Inn where Dee vomited. After feeling a little better, the pair sat in the beer garden and ordered some food. As they sat waiting, a waitress came out with a single malt whiskey and started looking for the person who ordered it stopping at each table to check whether someone with the surname Catman had ordered the drink, but strangely no one claimed it. With such a weird name, Dee and their friend laughed about Catman being a local urban legend, and that someone had ordered the drink under a fake name just to be spooky. After they'd eaten, they went on a hike through the dense forests on the foothills of Loch Lomond. This area is usually very busy with families, hikers and dog walkers, and as they headed up the trail, they met several people coming in the opposite direction with their dogs. However, all the dogs they encountered seemed agitated and nervous, and wouldn't stop barking. This in turn was unsettling their owners. 
There was also a man walking a bit behind with a German Shepherd-like dog. He appeared to be getting increasingly frustrated as his dog was refusing to move, and he was basically dragging it along. In the end, he gave up and turned around, leaving Dee and their friend alone on the trail. Although slightly unnerved that the once busy area was now quiet, the two kept walking up the foothills. The brush was really dense, and while there was the usual rustling and chirping of the forest sounds, there was also a weird, unsettling noise that sounded like sniggering or hissing. However, it didn't sound human. The pair were pretty freaked out by this stage, but kept walking to try and find a good lookout spot to see the log. Suddenly, Dee's friend pointed into the dense woods, and for a split second, they both saw a hunched-over man wearing a stovepipe hat. All of a sudden, the figure turned around and stared right at them. His hands were extremely hairy, and he held them in front of his chest like claws. His face was bewhiskered. Quickly, Dee's friend turned on their phone light, and when the light hit the man's eyes, they glowed like a cat's. Terrified, the two friends ran, and for the rest of the day, all they could think and talk about was how scared they both were, and whether what they witnessed was anything to do with the catman who ordered the drink earlier. Dee asked us to do some research on the area to see if anyone has experienced anything similar. The nearest we could find was the Catman of Greenock, a town about 35 miles from Loch Lomond. Legend says that the Catman of Greenock is a man with dark skin who is usually spotted at night, hiding in bushes and under vehicles. He supposedly has glowing eyes and eats rats with his bare hands. He is thought to be a Russian sailor who abandoned his ship in the 1970s and started living on the streets of Greenock. He earned the name Catman due to rumours that he lived with a group of wild cats and started mimicking their behaviours. Could it be that these sighting and the Catman of Greenock are one in the same? What do you think? Deceased Uncle Making Contact Paul lives in New Zealand now, but grew up in Edinburgh, Scotland. When he was 16, Paul lived with his family in a two-bedroom flat in Edinburgh. Because the house was so small, Paul shared a bedroom with his uncle. However, sadly his uncle had a massive heart attack and died in the home. Almost immediately after his death, Paul started hearing what sounded like someone walking around his room at night, and things started moving around the house. Paul's parents were pretty dismissive at first, putting it down to grief and an overactive teenage imagination. Paul often had friends over and told them how his bedroom door would open by itself and on a few occasions, his friends also witnessed it. Paul's mum also started to have strange things happen that couldn't be easily explained, and when his sister came to stay, just after having a baby, during the night when getting up to feed the baby, she'd hear footsteps walking down the hall. She'd look, expecting to see her mum or brother, but no one was there, they were all asleep. On another occasion, a few years after his uncle's death, Paul was in the house on his own, and was laying in the bath, when there were three loud knocks on the bathroom door. By now, Paul had got used to the strange anomalies and was no longer freaked out by them because he felt it was just his uncle contacting him from the afterlife to let him know that he was still around. We know this is quite a common thing after someone close has passed and we'd love to hear your experiences in the comments. The Men in Black Amber is one of our valued patrons, and she sent this story in about her mum. It's only short, but extremely creepy. When Amber's mum was a child, she regularly had visions of four men dressed in suits and black hats, 
all walking up the stairs together at her mum and dad's house. She was terrified of them and always too scared to be left alone. When Amber was about 10, her mum's parents and now Amber's nan and granddad still lived in the same house. But in around 2006, her granddad became seriously ill with cancer and the family took care of him in the house during his last days. After he passed away, the family called the undertakers and when they arrived, Amber's mum showed them up the stairs to where her dad was. As she neared the top, she saw the four men from her childhood dressed in suits and all wearing black hats. Premonitions like this are incredibly common and creepy, and we'd love to know if you've ever had any similar premonitions to Amber's. Landline from the other side. Isaiah shared this next story with us from the early days of his 911 telecommunications career. Isaiah's first apartment kept 911 and dispatch operations in the basement of the sheriff's office, which later had a jail added. The building itself was very old and had a few ghost stories of its own, but the story he remembers most vividly is this one. Isaiah was working overnight with an older co-worker. She was due to leave at midnight and he would be staying alone until 8am to monitor officers and any emergencies. Around 11pm, a call came in on the 911 line. Isaiah's co-worker picked it up and afterwards relayed the call to him. She told him that after asking the usual questions about the address and nature of the emergency, the female caller went silent, but after a long pause said in a quiet voice, hello. The co-worker then asked if she was okay, was there an emergency? The woman hesitated again before replying, yes, I think there is. She was then asked, can you tell me what's happening? Do you need an ambulance? There was another silence before the caller spoke again in a confused voice. Yes, yes, I think I do. The co-worker continues to ask what's wrong, but the lady doesn't answer again. So assuming the caller may have fainted or passed out, the co-worker sends an ambulance to the location. Luckily, because the call was from a landline, the address was automatically assigned. The 911 terminal showed it as a local nursing home and the specific landline was assigned to a particular room number. Initially, a police officer is sent out to assess the situation. However, about 15 minutes later, the officer calls in on the radio and advises Isaiah to cancel the ambulance. It is not needed. Isaiah and his co-worker are confused, but do as he asks. A few moments later, the officer called in again on the landline. Isaiah picks up the call and the first thing the officer says is that if we receive another call from that room to send his sergeant, as he will not be going back. It is worth noting, it is extremely unusual for any officer to refuse to attend a call. When Isaiah asked what happened, he said he spoke with the charge nurse at the nursing home, and she informed him the female resident in that specific room had passed away the day before, and no one had been in to clean it out, and no one had access to that landline during the night. When Isaiah relayed the information to the colleague who took the initial call, she was freaked out to say the least. The following day, Isaiah listened to the call himself. He remembered the crackle of static on the line, unusual for landlines, and the way the woman spoke, almost confused, like she knew something was wrong, but she couldn't really pin down what it was. But most of all, it was the look on his co-worker's face. She knew she spoke with someone in that room. The woman on the line was real, but the officer was telling us she wasn't. In fact, she might even have been dead. Isaiah has never forgotten that shift and his co-worker's fear at her brush with the unknown. Hand of Horror 
The last story we'll talk about was sent in by a viewer who wishes to remain anonymous, so we'll call her A. A's story happened when she was 9 or 10 years old while visiting a relative in Middleburg, Florida, near the Jacksonville area. A was asleep in bed when she suddenly woke in the middle of the night. She wasn't sure if the noises woke her up, or if they started shortly after she woke up, but she could hear something heavily shuffling across the carpet. The door to the master bedroom was open, and she could just see across the hall to where her adult relatives were asleep and completely still. A's two brothers were also asleep in their rooms. The noise lasted what felt like forever, but A continued laying in her bed until it got so loud she pulled the covers over her head and eventually it stopped. After a few minutes, A mustered up the courage to look from under the sheets, and to her horror, she could see across the hall that something was attached to the lower leg of her sleeping relative. It looked like a large black hairy hand with long pointy sharp nails. It appeared as if someone or something was crouched next to the foot of the bed and the hand was coming from the floor. It's worth noting that A has told us that she has lucid dreams, sleep paralysis, and even night terrors on rare occasions, but this was not one of these times. She was fully aware she was awake, could move, but had no control over what she was witnessing. The next morning, A talked about the incident with the relative, who dismissed it as just a dream, or that she had just heard him rubbing his foot against the sheets. But A knew what she saw and heard, and it wasn't that. A has never been able to explain what happened that night, but one thing she is sure of is it did happen. After the incident, A did a bit of research, and the closest thing she could get was a skunk ape, although there was no foul stench, so doesn't believe it was that. If any of you have experienced anything similar, I'm sure A would love to hear your thoughts in the comments. So that's it for this viewer submission video. We hope you enjoyed these six stories, and thank you again to all of those who send these in. They're incredibly insightful and interesting. Thanks for watching. We hope you're all enjoying the Creepy Marathon Month, and we'll see you tomorrow for another paranormal themed video.